Hi everyone, welcome to People Keeping Promises, the art of building culture, a podcast created for the team at Reed's Heritage Homes, where we are passionate about creating a positive, welcoming, and motivational corporate culture so that we can provide the best experience for our homeowners. I'm your host, Jennifer Muller, and I'm so excited to get this ball rolling. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another podcast episode. I am so excited about this one. This is episode one of season two of our corporate culture podcast, and that's a pretty big milestone. And to celebrate that milestone, I have a very special guest. So welcome, Ron McMillan. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Jen. I don't know how special I am, but uh, sure. (laughs) I'm just really excited to be the first guest of 2024 in the new office, new year, new logo, new branding. Pretty exciting. And uh, I want to say I'm a big fan of your podcasts. Yes. Uh, They're uh, always, uh, as soon as they come out, I'm always listening to them. And it's great to really learn about the team. Awesome. uh, It's very exciting. So to be, it's an honor to be your first of 2024. (laughs) I'm so excited. I can't decide if it's an honor or if you just like wanted to dodge the bullet all of 2023. (laughs) And then I finally convinced you because I feel like I've asked you a few times. Yeah, I was surprised that I I managed to dodge it. Uh, But anyway, here we are. (laughs) Not not this year, not 2024. This is a new year. Okay, so why don't we start off? I would love for you to give us an idea of how long, maybe you don't have to tell me how long you've been in the construction industry, but what your experience in the industry has been up until this point, how you arrived here, why you love it, all of that stuff for our team that maybe haven't uh, had the chance to hear it directly from you. So sure. how did sure. you start? Uh, well, my dad was a home builder, a custom home builder, so I grew up in the home building business, right? Yeah. So I think I started working in, during the summers, uh, during high school, probably grade 9 or grade 10. And, of course, uh, he was a small builder, so he would build maybe 10, at the most, 10 custom homes a year, and he'd have uh, crews for everything. Uh, we didn't have a lot of subcontractors back then. Oh, wow. So we had our own framing crew, our own trimming crew, our own trim crew, insulation crew. So I would do all the, you know, the really crappy jobs. Uh, <laughs> of and of course. course, my dad's employees loved when uh, the boss's son was on the job site because then they could abuse me. <laughs> uh, and back then in the construction business, uh, abusing the youngest one and the newest one was sort of common. Oh, yeah. So, uh, it's like a rite of passage. You oh, have yeah. to go through it. Uh, they would quite often ask me to move a pile of studs, maybe 100 or 200 studs from one place to the next and oh, then move no. them back. So oh, and they thought that no. was pretty funny. Oh. Uh, so anyway, it was it was a great experience. Uh, it was it, you know, my dad was happy uh, that, uh, you know, I was starting at the bottom. Yeah. yeah, that's important. I mean, you, yep. you really have to have an understanding of what you're doing, and I'm sure that helps you now, yeah. right? Yeah. So then over the years, university, to pay, help pay for university, my dad would have me work the summers uh, during university, and I got to, you know, got to move up the, the chain and uh, yeah. started uh, doing uh, some maybe some higher-end stuff. Like I would just start working with the trim carpenters, and back then the trim carpenters, they were just amazing. I mean, uh, they could pretty much do anything. They could build cabinets. Oh, uh, wow. So, uh, yeah, so my dad would pay me more than he should have, so to help pay for my expenses at university. Oh. And so, and then uh, I graduated university with a business degree and came back home and started working for my dad full time, more yeah. in the office then after university. Uh, I guess I'd be considered a project manager. So I would meet with all the homeowners. Yeah. Um, right up early on, uh, discuss their plans. Uh, they would usually bring in a rough sketch of what they wanted, and I would design it on, our, on the computer, on a software program. Uh, right from foundation right up through to um, the exterior and then uh, put all the estimate I would do all the estimating pretty much everything 
uh, that you would need to do before you start construction was my responsibility. Okay, so that's telling me that anyone at this office, if they call in sick for their job, you could probably fill in. I doubt it. (laughs) I forgot everything. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I could do it, but probably not as good as they can. Not as good. Well, I mean, the fact that you had that experience is pretty amazing. I didn't realize that yeah. it was that involved all the way through those stages. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I left Owen Sound uh, after five years with my dad and moved down to the city, the big city, Burlington, Oakville area, and uh, started working for a small builder there and then just worked my way up uh, from small builders to medium-sized builders to larger-sized builders yeah. over the wow. years. Long time. Yeah. So I've always been in the business. Yeah, that's amazing. What do you love most about this industry and this business? Uh, I, I think it would be pretty – the same reason that most people are in this industry is you get to take a project from start to completion. You yeah. get to see the whole – right through the whole process and then to see the end product is pretty exciting. Yeah. I'm sure you probably still do that driving to Cobble Beach, right? Now that I have have kids, you know, you can take your family and your kids uh, buy those houses and feel proud that you were part of it. Yeah. It's pretty pretty cool. And that, I agree with you. Like you're right. I think everyone in this industry has some type of emotion towards that. Mm -hmm. But when you really think about how you're contributing, I mean, to the, to the homeowners and to all the people that you affect, that's pretty cool. But also to the, the, like the network and the, the neighborhoods, like yep. you're building the community really truly. And I know we yep. talk about that a lot, but it's pretty cool to see those, these are landmarks that will be around forever. So oh, yeah. no, it's, it's pretty the cool. Best part of the business. And I don't know, I found over the years, a lot of people always, uh, when you tell them what you do for a living, they'd say, Oh, I wish I could do that. I always <laughs> wanted to do that. And uh, so it's, it's pretty common for people to really, a lot of people like to talk about houses, renovations, yeah. Uh, the building business in general, they find it fascinating and we're lucky to be in it. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. So on that note, uh, what advice would you give to someone who's starting out in this industry and maybe doesn't have the benefit of, you know, having the, the deep connection from a family perspective mm-hmm. uh, in the in the construction industry? What advice would you give to someone? Yeah, I would say uh, get, first of all, get on if you can with a good company. Uh, and that, what I mean by that is someone who care, a company that cares about their people. Because uh, yeah. there is, unfortunately, in our industry, a lot of old school builders who still treat people um, not very well. Um, and I belong to several of those companies over the years. So get on with a good company, a good mentor, so a good leader, someone who's managing your department and ask them to you know, be, be uh, your mentor. Uh, and then work hard. Uh, I think a lot of uh, people come into the industry, and I've seen lots and interviewed lots, and they want to uh, be the vice president or the president uh, within two years. And that's just not reality. Yeah. Um, you have to work hard uh, yeah. to get if you want to get to the top and you want to, you know, you want to do well. Um, so hard work, but also, you know, sort of tagging along someone who you respect, who can, who is willing to teach you the business. That, yeah. That's huge. Uh, and even if you have to, you know, take a little less to get with the right company and the right people that's, uh, in the long run, that will be benefit you greatly. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's also a little bit different in this industry in the sense that, you know, in other areas, there aren't as many sort of divisions within an organization. Like, I feel like if you if you are looking to go you know, the distance in this construction industry, you're going to have to have a solid understanding of like probably 10 different areas that all are really intricate. The facets are very, you know, dynamic and a lot going on. So it will take time for you to get the whole gamut, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And take the advice of people that work there that have been there a while or in the business for a while. 
you know, if you want to get into project management, then you should be on site for five or 10 years before you come in the office, yes. right? Because that's where you learn everything on site. Yeah. And I was really fortunate just to grow up through it and yeah. be on site for many years. Yeah. Uh, because you just can't take that knowledge away from somebody. Yes. So if you're sitting, if you're, say, an estimator and you're sitting in a room with a bunch of trades, they can't tell you something that you don't already know. I mean, right. To have that all that site knowledge is huge. Absolutely. Uh, of course, if you're going to be in the sales and marketing side, it's different, uh, a different uh, um, approach, but uh, or accounting, it's a different approach. But uh, if you're going to be uh, involved in the building part of it, then you should get on site. Yeah. For a few years. Yeah. That's cool. And it's nice that we have we have in the past, and I think we'll continue to do that, but we will have opportunities to ensure that our team here at least has the opportunity to visit our site teams as well. And just yeah. even if they're not, like you say, in accounting, it still yeah. is beneficial just to oh, see sure. what our team so members are doing, right? If you can convince your uh, manager to let you go out for a whole week and just spend a week on site, it's invaluable. Oh, absolutely. Invaluable. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Okay, so speaking of on site and what we do, you know, in the front line I would say you know we've got an incredible team we know that we mm -hmm. have a really talented group of individuals we have a wide skill set really great people who care and are passionate and all of the wonderful things that we hope and aspire to have but what can we do better as a team like what's we we just came off of our great kickoff event that was really motivational moving forward but mm -hmm. we do you know the truth is that we do have areas in which we can improve so what would you say is the biggest focus for 2024 and and how mm -hmm. are we going to get there yeah, I think number one is don't uh, don't get complacent. Don't stay the same. I mean, always look for ways to improve uh, what you do and what your company does. Uh, so start off with just communicating with each department. Uh, uh, I always say go to the front line first. That's a great place to start. Talk to the laborers. Talk to the handy uh, people on site, uh, the, the warranty technicians. Those are the people that see it firsthand. Right. And so they, they're the best because... If you're not getting any testimonials from your customer, because uh, you know a lot of people don't want to talk about uh, their experience, but uh, uh, the frontline people will tell you what's They'll happening, and yeah. then you know start from there. Okay, so what is it that you know isn't working, and mm -hmm. how can we do it better? And then uh, right up to, uh, into the office and into the people that are making decisions that affect uh, what happens on site, mm -hmm. and it's very critical that the the, the people that are making the decisions um, listen uh, yes. more than talk i mean i'm i'm the worst uh, you know over the years i just assumed this is the way it has to be done i've been in the business for this is the way you know and you can't be like that you know things change people change uh ideas change so you have to change with with uh, with the times otherwise uh, you get too complacent and the next thing you know you're out of business so really important to listen yeah and i think what's also interesting is it's really important to hear feedback that is relative like can seem seemingly like insignificant so when you speak with some of the warranty technicians or customer experience concierge team members they will say things that if you really put it on paper it's not that big of a concern like we may have a homeowner who's looking I remember Becky told me a story not too long ago where uh, this family was really upset because their home was not ready for Christmas and they didn't have a spot to put their tree, which I know sounds like in the relative scheme of things, not the end of the world. But when we remind ourselves what we're actually doing about creating mm -hmm. these environments for the families to make memories and stuff, that is a really big deal. So yeah. Becky went out of her way to ensure that they would be able to 
tackle the the appropriate thing first so that they were able to you know have the Christmas that they dreamed about which again we're building this big project I mean that's probably the lowest on the totem pole but really for our customers that's how they feel and that's important like it's you know we can't tackle everything so it's hard it's a fine line because we can't take every single comment and and make sure that it's the number one priority but I think showing people that you care is is right up there right 100 percent you know just a, a point on complacency I know uh yeah, within our walls here, I've heard uh, team members say, well, we don't have to pay as much attention to that house because that's an investor's house um, and it's not an end user. And, and you know, <laughs> everybody's, somebody's moving into that unit yeah. or that home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so we have to treat everybody the same way. If we don't, then uh, complacency will kill us. So yeah. it's really important to it, treat everybody the same. Investors make up a huge sure, component huge, of our huge, buying power, right? This massive. is a big, big uh, area. Yeah. We focus, try to at least from a sales and marketing perspective to even gear some of our messaging directly towards investors mm-hmm. because they are, you yeah. know, a different buyer, but they're absolutely equally as important to us. And a great customer because the investor will buy five or six uh, homes from you over the course of five or six years uh, where an end user might only buy one. So exactly. You, yeah. you have to, they're a really important customer for yeah. us. Yeah. Uh, so what would you say in this industry is something that people often overlook or misunderstand? Or is there an area of this industry where you think, okay, maybe the greater population or even just maybe team members who are working within our company that don't have, like I say, the, you know, the opportunity to, to be on site all the time. What's something that people misunderstand or overlook or a focus that maybe isn't as important and it should be? Well, I think it's, there's two parts of that question. Number one, I think our industry has been so slow to change over time. And I think yeah. that's because there's a lot of old guys like me that are still <laughs> making the, you know, the, the decisions. Uh, and we keep thinking that we can keep doing the same thing, right? Yeah. Um, because we're either afraid to change or we're not listening. Uh, so our industry, unfortunately, has a lot of people like I was, uh, where, you know, it's just autocratic rule. Hey, do this. This is the way it's always been done. We're going to just keep doing it that way because yeah. it worked. Well, it didn't really work, did it? Uh, and it won't keep working. So yeah. uh, that, number one, I think a lot of people don't realize, some do, that uh, our industry has a lot of, still a lot of people at the top who make decisions and they make the wrong decisions. Uh, as far as, you know, purchasers and people on the outside uh, looking in what might not realize how much work and coordination it takes to build a thousand homes a year, which we did last year. Yeah, um, it's just huge. It's massive. Um, there's a lot of stress yeah. uh, on uh, specifically site people, site supervisors. Uh, more stress than ever because you know there's a trade trade shortages. There's not yeah. enough trades, and then the trades that do come are not exactly like they used to be. Mm-hmm. They don't have the experience. They don't have the uh, know-how. And so it, it's a real challenge uh, to build 1,000 homes a year, uh, probably 10 times harder than it was 20, 30 years ago. Oh, wow. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. It's true. I mean, there's a lot going on. And when you talk about, like, there are efficiencies, which maybe is why people have that thought process, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think there are some efficiencies, and that is a goal, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't want to be starting from scratch at every turn. Right. Um, but with that comes maybe the the downside, which is slipping into that mindset where, you know, you you do want to keep in mind that we can improve upon what we've done, but that's the, that's the key, right? That improvement piece. And it doesn't, I don't know that what even what you're saying, you tell me, but uh, when you're thinking about being forward thinking, mm-hmm. it's just that mindset of thinking that there could be a change maybe there maybe we don't need to actually make that change but at least be 
you know, approach every situation and say, okay, can we, is there anything we can do better in this scenario? And if there isn't, you know, maybe that's, it is true, but maybe there's an area where we, we do need to. I always say some of the best decisions are the ones you didn't make, right? Yes. Um, Like on some of the acquisitions that we've looked at over the years, um, especially over the last couple of years, the ones, the land we didn't buy saved us uh, from ourselves and from possibly, uh, you know, very serious negative consequences. So it's it's the same on site. uh, It's the same in sales and marketing. You know, that decision that you said no to or didn't make probably was the best decision. So yeah, it's not always, change is is great, but it's not always the best. Uh, So you do have to make sure you're making the right changes. Yeah. Not just change for the sake of making sake change. of changes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So speaking of change, we've obviously gone, undergone quite a significant change from our company branding perspective. So how do you feel our new logo and positioning in the marketplace will be improved and enhanced with this new direction of oh, our company? I think it's great. It's amazing. I'm so excited. Uh, your department, you and your department have done an amazing job on the rebranding and the rollout, and I'm sure there's obviously more surprises and rollouts to come, but I I think uh, from the public's perception, it's just a beautiful new look. It's a great new message. Uh, Reed's Heritage Homes, uh, Reed's Heritage Construction, uh, Sherwood Homes, uh, Blevinsville, all is all one now, under one brand, under one group, one office, one location. Uh, I just can't think of a better scenario. Uh, We've got, uh, you know, a great team. Um, so I'm excited. I mean, I can't, I don't know how you couldn't be excited. Yeah. I uh, think it's funny because I mean, I'm obviously in it, so, yeah. uh, I'm very excited, but I can imagine, like I've heard so many comments. I know Tim and Charlotte told me on the weekend, they had tons of family and friends, uh, calling them to say that they had seen the billboards or seen something in, in, uh, the field and were complimenting them on the, the, you know, evolution of the company. But I think because we've have been around for so long and because our logo, let's be honest, our previous logo was fairly dis- distinct it was mm-hmm. quite bright yeah. you know you couldn't miss it which is has its advantages from a marketing perspective for sure um, but I think everyone alongside with us as we roll this out externally I think uh, we'll be excited about it too like I, I think uh, we're so well known that uh, I'm excited to hear what other people you know perceive to be uh, what's going on with our company and it's just exciting I think it's a good indicator of our future and our path and uh, yeah I'm, I'm really excited about it too oh yeah great and uh, and a great history and a great past that uh, we're just bringing right along with the new brand and so exactly uh, I think that's that was a great move and uh, I'm excited to watch it roll out yeah yeah it'll be fun uh so that was my last question so I sort of segued into it anyways but if you had any other things outside of the branding and uh, you know in our uh, new logo etc what are you most excited for for this year 2024 is going to be a big year um what are you most excited for for our team I'm excited uh, for everybody coming together, getting to know each other, and and really realizing how what a great team we have here. Uh, uh, so just watching uh, everybody grow together, yeah, uh, and 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 meld together as one. Uh, that's what I'm most excited about. I think we'll be sitting here, hopefully, talking again next year at this time, and uh, and talking about how uh, wonderful it is to be yeah. uh, one. 
So are you implying that you're not going to do another podcast until 2025? Oh, okay, I see what <laughs> you did. Once a year, Jeff. <laughs> I see what you did there. Once a year. No, I totally agree with you. I even had it already today. Suzanne and I had a great chat this morning about some um, marketing uh, needs that she has from a health and safety perspective. Mm-hmm. And even to see that, it's like a little glimpse of the collaboration yeah. and our teams coming together and we can facilitate that. And I think now uh, you, it's quite clear what we can contribute uh, when we work together as a team. Oh, yeah. So I'm really excited about that yeah you know a lot of team members especially from the RHC side they don't even know what uh, what assets they now have at their disposal yes which is pretty exciting yeah uh, to watch that uh, happen over the next few months yeah be exciting absolutely that's awesome okay so for those team members who have not listened to our podcast yet typically the way I end is to discuss uh, what your favorite aphorism or expression is and I mentioned this to you before and probably a million times up until the point this point now but um, it is a really great sort of window I think into someone's mindset because mm-hmm. I love how people use an aphorism or an expression to remind themselves of a you know frame of mind or we should you know maybe if you're stressed a little bit, you remind yourself of something. One that I, I'm surprised I haven't brought up for me, I think my favorite aphorism is uh, everything will work itself out in the end. Like mm. everything will work out. It will all be fine. Everything sort of, once yeah. the dust settles, it'll all be fine. And my parents used to say that to me all the time. And now I find myself saying it. So that's the type of thing that I love to end the podcast yeah. with. So do you have one that you'd like to share? I was going to say another one, but since you said that one, uh, I use, and <laughs> you've heard it before, it's a blessing in disguise. Yes. Uh, you know, a lot of times things happen and you're like, oh, no, I can't believe that happened. But in the end, it's the best thing that could yeah. have happened. Uh, but as far as, uh, you know, one of my favorite quotes would be, I think it's a Steve Jobs quote, is don't hire really smart people and then tell them what to do. Yes. Um, so I think if we could all, uh, as leaders, managers, if we could take that uh, take that quote and uh, work on it over the next uh, few years that we would become a much stronger company. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. I love that because once you have that in your mindset, then you realize, okay, if I've already trusted their abilities and their skill set to begin with, Mm -hmm. let them teach me something. Let them shine and, and, you know, show and play up their strengths. That's a great quote. I love it. Yeah. If you look at companies that have failed over time, it's because they didn't listen to the really smart people they hired. Right. uh, You have to have to listen. Awesome. I love it. Well, let's end it there. Thank you so much for your time today, Ron. I really appreciate it. I know you've got a lot going on and you did it. You nailed it. Your my first, pleasure. My honor. Wow. Your first podcast. <laughs> Thanks. Jen. You can send it to your kids. They can listen yeah. to in the car. Yeah. They'll listen to it for about two minutes and then daddy, can you put something else on? <laughs> <laughs> They're tired of that already. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks everyone. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye. first test oh great this is easy awesome (laughs) you're gonna be great what are you talking about (laughs) okay you ready to roll yep okay let's do it okay then i have to get into a podcast voice do you have your podcast voice ready yep i do wow you're a natural okay (laughs) let's roll okay